everybody. Thank you so much for joining us today on episode number 90 of the Real Life Runners podcast. Today, we take the running journey back inside your head and discuss two critically important skills to work on if you plan on being successful with running or really any area of life. These things will help you to realize where you came from, see where you are now, and look ahead to where you are going. This is the Real Life Runners Podcast, and we're your hosts, Kevin and Angie Brown. Thanks for spending some time with us today. Now let's get running. So I've been thinking about this topic for the last few weeks, and what really fired me up to get it going for today's episode is it's coming up on the end of the school year, which means it's time to start summer cross-country training with our kids. Yeah. So Trying to motivate our cross-country kids to actually run over the summer. Where it's like 500 degrees outside, (laughs) they've got various vacations, they got whatever their summer job is, there's all sorts of things that come up that seem more interesting than heading out for five or six miles. Yeah. So as their coaches, it's our job to try to help motivate them and to also make them take responsibility for their running journey and for where they are currently and where they want to be come season in the fall. Right. Because one of the things that we have them do at this like spring info meeting is uh, they fill a little piece of paperwork and it says, when's the last time you ran? Or like, what have you been working out on lately? Mm -hmm. And a bunch of them respond, the last time I ran was the last cross country meet last fall. Yeah. Or the last track meet a couple weeks ago for the people that did run track. For the people that actually did run track. So it's like, uh, I haven't been doing much for the last uh, five months, coach, what am I supposed to do now? Mm-hmm. And that that's kind of where this episode came from. Right. That and kind of where I'm, I'm personally at in my own running journey. So um, it, it's got both aspects to it. It does. And so the first thing that we want to talk about is the starting point. Like, let's start at the starting line. So every journey has a starting point. And sometimes our journey feels like it has several starting points along the way, right? Because I feel like sometimes it seems like we're always starting again. Like either we're coming off of a break, we're coming off of an injury, we're coming off of a down cycle and jumping back into a training cycle. If we've got a race coming up, we've got a time where life gets in the way and we get distracted and maybe we fall off our plan. Maybe we fall off our consistency with running and you feel like you're losing out. Like, oh gosh, now I have to start from square one again. I'm all the way back at the beginning. Right. It's so easy following like a big training cycle. You're you're heading up to a race. You've been training for like three or four months heading into it. And you're like, I'm just going to take a couple of days to relax after that race. And suddenly a couple of days just sort of slips into five days and then three weeks and now you're you're looking at it and it seems insurmountable to get back to where you were Mm -hmm. you're like oh i'm i'm starting from scratch right and and you're not you're not right there is no such thing as starting from scratch unless you've literally never run before if you've never run before number one i'd be surprised that you are listening to a running podcast that's true (laughs) so So if that's not the case, if you actually have some sort of background with running, you have already started the journey. So there is no such thing as square one anymore. No, I mean, really, even if you've never run, you probably have some sort of experience. You've got some sort of mental aspect that you've tied to running. Mm -hmm. You've, you have something associated with running, positive or negative. You've got something connected to running. You're on the path. You've started the journey. Right. And in that, I mean, that's like me before I considered myself a runner or before I actually started running. 
my journey started when I was in high school when I ran as conditioning and as punishment during my team sport practices. Ah, uh, conditioning and punishment. Right. The best way to get into running. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But so my running journey started off with the very negative tone. Like I hated running because it was, like I said, it was punishment. It was conditioning. Like I didn't want to do that. Like if I was playing volleyball, I wanted to go play volleyball. Why in the world am I running two miles at the beginning of volleyball practice? How does that help me play volleyball? Right. Which then you carried that exact philosophy over when I first started coaching you Mm -hmm. and you're like, I want to run a 5k. That's 3.1 miles. Why would I ever run four? Right. Like that was the exact same thought is Mm -hmm. I want to play volleyball. I should spend more time playing volleyball. Playing volleyball. I don't want to run. I want to run three miles. Why would I run four miles? Mm -hmm. Three is the answer. Yeah. Because that's the race distance. So why in the world would I do anything other than that? Right. So you take whatever these, you know, mental ideas, your beliefs are about running and you you bring them along with you Mm -hmm. sometimes you get some positive things that you're carrying along with you you've got nice physical adaptations you know you lose some of the fitness if you've taken a couple of weeks off but it's there it's Mm -hmm. easier to get back into it than than you think it is right because the first few days are rough the first few days are rough i mean but you do there is a such thing as muscle memory yes the muscle memory is there like if you've had experience with running before you do have extra mitochondria you have extra capillaries like they might have been a little stagnant for a while but they're there but they're there (laughs) i I read this thing it was about uh like the geriatric population and strength training Mm -hmm. and they're like if these if the group of people had lifted weights and done like more strength training when they were younger Mm -hmm. and they tried to get back into it at like over the age of 70, yes. it was ama- the mitochondria were there. They yes. wanted to reform muscles. It's like waking up the aliens. Yeah. Like we're here. <laughs> we would like to continue working for you. They didn't disappear. Right. Yeah. The little mitochondria aliens in our body. Little mitochondria aliens. Mm-hmm. No, the, the, no the, but they are. Yes. The workhorses. They're, spe- they're like a separate species. They are a separate species. But anyway. But yeah. And actually, I was just having this conversation with my running buddy. Was that this morning? I can't, I lose track of time. I think it was this morning, but we were talking about how when she lifts weights, her muscles tend to get thicker and she yeah. doesn't like that, but, <laughs> but it's because she was a gymnast growing up. Oh, so, that's what they want to do. Right. I mean, so that's what her muscle memory is. It's the same thing. Like my sister, she, my sister was a cheerleader and so she's got crazy good upper body strength everyone kind of laughs when i say that because she was a cheerleader and they're like why how does she have upper body strength because she like, chucked other cheerleaders into the exactly air. like she was the one on the bottom of the pyramid that was like lifting other people and throwing them up in the air like that was her job so she has great upper body strength and she can go years without working out and then once she starts working out again she rebuilds that upper body strength so much more quickly and she can do pull-ups and push-ups and other things that other people struggle with after just, you know, a few months of working out. Right. Which can be frustrating if you're watching her from the outside. It's a nice bonus if you're her. Yeah. Yeah. But I, but I think that's true though, because I, our bodies based on what we've done, what we did when we were younger, our bodies remember all of that stuff. And so it is easier to then, um, resume doing those activities or to gain the benefits more quickly 
when you start to redo those activities. Right. So there's a lot of positives. There's some negatives. We covered some previous like mental issues you may have had with running. Um, if you've had bad running form in the past, it's likely that you're going to continue having bad running form. Unless you've already corrected it. Right. Unless you've gone out of your way to try to do something about it. But if you have like a hitch in your stride, it's naturally going to be there. You have a hitch in your stride. You take three weeks off. You start running again. It's still going to have this uncomfortable little bump in your gait. It didn't magically just correct itself. (laughs) It's not magic. It's still there. You got a little hitch in your giddy up. Well, and that's part of the problem when people get into injury cycles as well is, you know, they never address the source of the injury, the source of the problem. Like, you know, they go, they think, oh, it was overtraining or or this. And, And a lot of times that's true. But what led to the injury, like there's always some sort of underlying weakness. Right. Overtraining is such just a broad spectrum that you can just, oh, it's because I ran too much. Well, no, it's because you ran too much with something With a faulty foundation. Yes. Something was off at the base. And unless you fix that, when you ramp your mileage back Mm -hmm. up, it's going to be quote unquote overtraining again. Exactly. If there are pros out there cranking out 150 miles a week, I don't think your 40 miles a week was overtraining. Mm -hmm. It was a bad foundation. It was a bad foundation. Right. So if you don't correct the cracks in the foundation, so if you're still going out and you still have that hitch in your gait or you still have something else going on, a muscle weakness, a muscle imbalance, you're going to get hurt again because resting, while it might cure the acute source of pain, the acute source of injury, the underlying problem is still there. So you have to like really critically analyze why you got hurt in the first place. Is that the obtuse source? The what? If it's an acute pain, then is the opposite of that the obtuse The obtuse source. Sure. (laughs) Okay. What if it's equilateral? (laughs) Perfect. Into (laughs) triangles we go. (laughs) All right. So whether you feel like you're starting again, whether you feel like you've maybe just plateaued in your current ability, or maybe you just go out and run every day and this is the first time you've actually thought to yourself like, oh, I wonder if I could get faster. I wonder if I could improve. So regardless of exactly where you're coming from, the first step is knowing exactly where you are. Yes, it doesn't. I mean, it matters what happened in the past, but the past is what got you to your current current point. You need an understanding of where you're currently at mm-hmm. so that you can figure out how to improve from there and get to where you're eventually heading. Mm-hmm. So we've got some suggestions on how to figure out where you're at. Right. So the, what, number one, you could run a race and see what your time is. And... That will be a good indicator. Perfect. Throw in, <laughs> put down some money, put a number on your chest, and off you go. Right. So see what's currently possible. Number two, if you don't want to do a race, you can just do a personal time trial. This seems less scary because mm-hmm. then, you know, you're not surrounded by 100 other people and they're all clearly judging you, mm-hmm. you know, because they know what you did last year at that race. <laughs> and if you don't hit it exactly the same or better, they're all going to point and laugh at you. Mm-hmm. So a personal time trial, mm-hmm. you know, try. Sense the sarcasm. <laughs> Welcome to my husband. All right. Um, you know, see how long it takes you to run two miles. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, you want something even lower key, just see how far you can go for 10 minutes. Right. You know, because then you don't have to worry like, oh, well, I'm going to have to walk part of it. Fine. Just mm-hmm. see how far you can physically go over the course of 10 minutes, running, walking, combo, mm-hmm. whatever it is. Okay. And if you don't have a GPS watch, you can measure it out like in your neighborhood. Perfect. So so if, if you don't have a fancy running watch or a GPS or an Apple watch or any of these other things on your wrist, now they'll tell you exactly how far you go now, then... Find some place in your neighborhood and run from 
your house to wherever that place is and then mark off, you know, write down where you got to. I used to make my parents do this for me when I was like 14. Mm-hmm. I wanted to see my where I was at. Mm-hmm. So I would go to the intersection by my house and I'd start there yeah. and I'd run for, I don't know, I think I'd had a 10 minute one and like a 15 minute one. And then I'd go back to the house and be like, dad, you have to drive this now. Yeah. To see how far <laughs> you got. Yeah. I used to do the same thing when I was driving, like when I was driving. I mean, when I was do, supposed to be doing um, your volleyball conditioning. my volleyball conditioning during the summertime in high school, I would have to get in the car and drive around my neighborhood and clock it out on the odometer. Yeah, I mean, most of the spots by my around my house don't have things. There's there's one trail that mm-hmm. has posts every half mile, yeah. so it kind of lets you know. But a bunch of them, you know, it was it was a drive to get over to that trail. So I mm-hmm. just start at my house and take off, and then I'd have my dad figure out what was going on, and right. he would he would be willing to drive it because mm-hmm. it was if he could drive it backwards, it was his way home from work, or my mom would drive somebody would take care of me. Yeah, well, and if you would like another resource, there's a website usatf org dot org slash routes slash routes and you can map out any route anywhere in the probably in the world right definitely in the country but i think it goes all over the world you can literally take your little pinpoint you drop a pin and you can map out your exact route and figure out how long it was the other thing you could do is just say like okay how long does it take me to run from here to there like whatever wherever there is maybe it's like the corner of your street maybe it's the neighborhood grocery store like whatever it is like just see how long it takes you nice the classic eight-year-old race we're gonna race from here till there right but but you know make there a little bit of a longer run like don't make it just one sprint down you know down the street i used to get wrecked by my neighbor in that i never thought i was good at running growing up because my neighbor was a better sprinter Mm -hmm. and the, the competitions, we weren't allowed to leave the neighborhood. So we could only get to the end of the street and back. And end of the street and back was less than a quarter mile. So mm-hmm. I was losing that every time. Right. So if, if you got that, then maybe do that five times and see how long. Perfect. Right. But I mean, you should try to run for at least 10 minutes. And if you're not able to run the entire time, then take note of that also. Like when did you need a walking break? Like if you're not able to just go out and run for 10 straight minutes, maybe you were able to run for four minutes this time and then you needed a, a 30 second walking break or a minute walking break, make a note, you know, come home and actually take notes and see exactly where you are right now and how you felt and when you needed a rest break and all of that stuff. Because by charting all of that out, like writing it all down and and remembering where you are today on day one of, you know, your new journey or the continuation of your journey, I should say, Um, because like we just said, it's not day one, but it's day one of the continuation, um, then you'll be able to track your progress and actually see how you're able to improve. I like that you use day one. I always go back and forth on this one of whether it's day one, like every day is day one, Mm -hmm. or there is no such thing as day one. I I, I play with it in my head. Well, we just kind of said there was no day one, and then I just said day one. I know. But but it's day one of the new journey. Of of your next step in your running journey. Yeah. All right, so besides timing yourself, running things, there's also some check your strength. I love that you added this to today's episode. I did it to make you smile. Yes. Um, Check your strength with some basic foundational exercises that you can run some like body weight exercises and and hit these exercises until Mm -hmm. failure. Exactly. And that's how many you've got. Yeah. And this is hugely important for injury cycles and all that things too, like to try to avoid injury. Like we've talked about if, if, 
if you're new to the podcast, hello, and thank you for listening. But you might want to go back and listen to some of our strength training episodes. You will understand how important we believe strength training is for runners. Not only to make us stronger, faster, and better runners, but also also to prevent and treat injuries. So doing some of these strength training exercises as a foundation just to see what you're capable of today is a really, really great idea. So some examples that we have are the wall sit, right? So if you sit against a wall, like everybody remembers the wall sit from PE class, right? It's my personal favorite. You put your back against a wall, you, you bend your knees to 90 degrees and you just sit there and hold it. And it is hard. Like your quads start burning. How long are you able to hold a wall sit without needing to stop? That's a great measure of your quad strength, like of just your pain tolerance in general. That's a good one. You know, I mean, really. Okay, so wall sit, squats. How many squats can you do? Pull-ups, if you've got a bar. Push-ups, how many push-ups can you do in regular push-up position? How many position or how many are you able to do on your knees? Are you actually even able to do one with proper form? You know, because you might be able to pop out a couple push-ups, but if the form is bad, then it's really not doing you any good, and it's going to set you up for injury. Yeah, that's a good point. If you're going to do push-ups, kind of set a camera off to the side mm-hmm. and video yourself doing a push-up because it might not look right. Yeah, and then one of my favorites is calf raises to failure. Now, this is huge, especially for runners. So this is just going up and down on your toes. That's a calf raise. Now, you can you do should do this two ways. Once with the knees straight, that's testing out your gastrocnemius more which is like the one of the calf muscles there's two main calf muscles one is the gastrocnemius and the second one is the soleus and the soleus is the runner's muscle and that is really has the most type one muscle fibers those slow twitch endurance muscle fibers in the body so you're going to want to do calf raises to failure and in in my personal opinion I think you should be doing single leg calf raises to because that's really a lot harder to do single leg I was just going to ask you is should we do straight squats or should we also do single leg squats on some of these things also are we talking about squats or calf raises squats and calf raises well single leg I don't think you can do single leg pull-ups I think single leg squats can be dangerous because if you if you're weak and you're not used to doing them, they're very easy to do wrong. All right. So as a check, when you're first getting into this and seeing where you're at, mm-hmm. maybe just start with squats and then, yeah. But you could do single leg calf raises without breaking right. yourself. Yeah. So it's gonna hurt. But I mean, I would say to do both. I would say to do double leg. See how many double leg calf raises you can do with the knee straight. See how many double leg calf raises you can do with your knees bent, slightly bent, um, and then. See how many single leg calf raises you can do with the knee straight and then with the knee slightly bent because those are hugely important and actually there's a big correlation between those tests and your ability to run distances. Plus checking the single leg, then you can very quickly figure out muscle imbalances mm-hmm. from side to side, which totally. which you should adju- address pretty quickly. Well, and we were just listening to a podcast the other day that was talking about a, another recent research study that was explaining the difference in between younger runners and master's level runners, so runners over the age of 40, um, and why we tend to slow down with age. And the biggest reason that they found is plantar flexor strength. And your plantar flexors are your calf muscles. So your gastrocnemius and your soleus, as we get older, we lose the spring and the strength in those muscles. And that's what accounts for the decreased speed. 
Right, because when, when you run, your calf literally acts like a spring. So when you hit the ground, your leg tries to spring you back up. Mm-hmm. If the muscles aren't as springy, you don't spring as nicely. And then Correct. you have to actually use your muscle and lift your foot back off the ground instead of rebounding like you're supposed to. Exactly. So figure out where you are right now. Do a running time trial and do some of these exercises. If, you know, the wall sits, squats, pull-ups, push-ups, and calf raises, see how many you can do right now. See how long you're able to hold those things. I, I would add, I would also add in a plank and a yes, side plank. That's the, that's what I was forgetting. I was forgetting the big core ones. Yeah. I would add in plank and side plank. And again, this is with good form. Like make sure that you're holding the proper form. Cause like we just talked about a little bit ago, when you do things with improper form or with hitches in, you know, whatever it is, that's going to lead to pain and breakdown. Yeah, early in in the fall season when the kids get back to school and we have them all go into plank position, they're like, oh, I can hold plank for five minutes. And you look at it and you're like, you're not holding plank at all. You're doing upward dog. Mm-hmm. It's, it's Yeah, their just... butts are up in the air. Their back's all bowed. Yeah, and... they're either completely swayed their and their head dropped. is way high and their hips are dropped yeah. or they're, they're a tent mm-hmm. and their butt <laughs> is just straight up in the air. So Yep. Okay, so... Figure out where you are right now. All right. And then point three, which is the biggest point. Don't judge that performance. Yeah. I think this is the hardest thing. Oh, by far. Yeah. I struggle with it daily. Yeah, because you're... I feel like, you, like we've said before, humans are prone to comparison. It's what we're supposed to do. Right. So we compare ourselves to other people and we compare ourselves to previous versions of ourselves. Which is word for word what I wrote down in the outline. Avoid oh, yeah. comparison to others or a previous version of yourself. Well, I didn't even see that. <laughs> so it, it doesn't matter how fast you used to be and it doesn't matter how fast other people are around you like what matters right now is where you are because if you don't currently assess where you are with truth you know actually find a true starting point of where you are today then you're not going to be able to improve you're just going to either do too much too soon or you're not going to be doing things that are right for you right it's it's this is not the time to lie to yourself. Right. You need to actually know and accept where you are. It's mm-hmm. why you did the test. Yeah. Do the test and you, you are allowed to be frustrated and with the number on the And you don't have to share it with anyone either. No, no, you don't. No, you are allowed to be frustrated, but then move past that. Right. You have to accept where you currently are. Mm-hmm. Unless you fully accept where you're at, you just, you can't improve. Right. It's a breakdown in your, your mental foundation because mm-hmm. you're pretending like you're something that you're not actually, that, that you aren't. That's right. why you do the test. Right. I mean, how many times, how many stories have you heard of people that have, weren't even able to jog to the end of their street and then they ended up running marathons? You know, because they they got a health scare or whatnot, they weren't able to do any of this stuff, or they were very very overweight, and they decided they needed to lose weight, and then they ended up running marathons. Like you can do anything you want to do, but you you still have to figure out where you are and accept it without judgment, and then move forward from it. Right, and moving forward and and how far you can go is is rooted in your beliefs. Mm-hmm. And you can't have like, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna accomplish this. This is my crazy huge running goal, and it seems great and amazing and positive. But if it's starting from a lie, you're telling yourself of, yeah. 
I made it a mile in 10 minutes and you didn't, you made it, you know, three quarters of a mile. You can't have the amazing dream if you're not even telling yourself the truth at the beginning, Yeah. because then you're not going to trust that dream. Mm -hmm. If you're lying to yourself at the starting point, then you're lying to yourself about where you're actually going to be able to take it. Yeah. It's all complete honesty with yourself. Yeah. This is where I am. This is where I'm going. Not where I'd like to go, not what I think I can do, but this is where I am going. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I have that conversation with my patients a lot, you know, because whenever someone comes into me for an evaluation, I have to do baseline testing, you know, I have to. And so like one of the tests that I'll do with them is I'll have them stand up and sit down in a chair, like, you know, some of my older patients, Mm -hmm. obviously, my elderly ones. Do they give you that? I can stand up. Right. And I'm like, okay, well, don't use your hands, you know, and I'm going to see how long it takes you to stand up and sit down five times. And for some of those people, they really, really struggle to do it. Some of them aren't able to do it without using their hands. And then they get frustrated. And I'm like, it's okay. Like this, there's nothing, this is okay. This is just where you are today. We need a baseline so that we can measure your improvement. And you need a baseline so you have a timeline for mm-hmm. where you want to get to. Yes. You know, if if your baseline is a little lower than, than you think it might be, mm-hmm. you can get to that goal. There's no problem getting to whatever goal you want to get to. Right. It's just going to take a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. You need to make sure that you are reaching that goal that you know the steps to get to that goal and you're not just like oh I'm just gonna leap ahead and just be at that goal right exactly so it's really important I think that if you are not where you want to be right now like you just can't dwell on it like it's time to assess where you are and then make a plan to move forward like and part of that I think is forgiveness yes that's a huge one you know you have to be able to forgive yourself for any sidesteps, pitfalls, things that have thrown you off track, things that have taken you off the path that you want to be on and put you where you are today. Like sometimes I think that we get into the habit of beating ourselves up for things or blaming somebody else for them. Yes. We, yeah, we either, or both, right? Yes. we, yes, we, We blame others or we beat ourselves up and there's really no point of either. Like you can acknowledge what you did to get yourself where you are, but beating yourself up for it, what's the point? There's no good that comes from that if you just continuously beat yourself up because then you put that narrative in your head of I'm not good enough, look what I've done, you know, how could I let this happen? Like all these things, it's time to change the narrative and be like, okay, this is where I am. This is why I'm here. Now, this is how I'm going to move forward. Yes, a a very objective, this is why I'm here. Mm -hmm. Not one where you're blaming yourself, you're blaming other people, but you're very objectively saying, this is the cause of how I got to where I currently am. So that you can then try to avoid or try and alleviate that cause in the future. Right. And if you don't know, find help, you know, like seek professional help. Like if you have an injury and you're not sure what caused it, go see a physical therapist or a medical professional or an orthopedic doctor, depending on the severity of your injury, like figure out what caused that injury in the first place? Like bring your training logs. Maybe you need to hire a running coach so that you can look at your training logs and say, look, everything was going great until I got to this point in time. And then this is what happened. Like you need to analyze. And if you can't figure it out on your own, hire someone to help you if it means that much to you. Yeah. I remember one of my, my first like running jobs, I was selling running shoes and people would come in with like literally binders of their training logs Mm -hmm. for the last few months and hand 
them to the guy who owned the running shoe store. Yeah. Like he wasn't coaching anybody anymore. He had coached. He'd run, uh, what was his number? I think he ran 102 marathons. Wow. Um, he invented several of them just so that he could run the marathon. <laughs> like there were multiple marathons up and down California that he created so that he and his buddies could go out for a marathon. Okay. Um, but they'd come out with their logs and be like, this, this is what I've done. What went wrong with it? And depending on his mood that day, because he was a little bit of a cranky, um, <laughs> just just a bit, um, I watched him kick multiple people out of the store and refuse to sell them shoes. Yeah. But if you came in with the right attitude, he would come in and, and you wanted to learn and you wanted to improve. He would take a whole bunch of time and look through your logs and figure out what the heck was going on. And, you know, so many people came in there and they would say, it's, it's just, it's 50 miles. As soon as I go 50 miles a week, I just get hurt. Mm -hmm. And he'd look at them and be like, mm, no, <laughs> like, like he didn't even open the binder yet. Look at anything. He just look and be like, nope, 50 is not a number that just breaks people. That's just a number. Mm -hmm. So let's look and figure out what went wrong. Mm -hmm. so there's, there is help out there. Oh, there's plenty of help out there. And it can be for, for free, like you said, right there. Like sometimes maybe you have a friend that's been running for 20 years and you're a brand new runner. Maybe you've only been running for a couple. Talk to your friend. Like take your friend out for coffee and say like, this is what's going on. Do you have any insight? Oh, because they are totally not going to judge you. They are not. They are excited that you are becoming a runner because then you're going to be able to experience some of the things that they've experienced. Runners love sharing running mm -hmm. with other runners. Yeah. And it's it's a fairly judgment-free world. Some mm -hmm. people, at least it's a fairly out loud judgment-free world. Like, yes, everybody naturally tends to make comparisons towards each other. But if you find a veteran runner and you're pretty new to this thing, people want to help. Yeah. Like, people really want to help. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So once you forgive yourself for where you currently are, then again, you don't need to judge your current position. Right. You, there's, there's not even a, a reason to judge because you've completely forgiven yourself. You've just accepted where you currently are. Mm -hmm. So it allows you to be very objective about this. Yeah. Where you are is not a good or a bad. It simply is. Yeah. And that's exactly what we try to communicate to our cross country kids at our meeting last week. We had a meeting with them and like Kevin said, we had them fill out a, a form and, you know, fi figure out exactly what they've run. And we're like, look, you guys, we're not mad at you. Like, we just want you to be honest because if you're not honest with us and then we, we create a schedule for you and it's too much for you. It's, it's more than your body's able to handle because you just lied to us and tell us that you've been running, you know, 10 miles a week, 20 miles a week, whatever it is. Like if we're going to create a schedule for you, it's going to be based on that. So if you haven't been running, that's what you need to tell us. We're not mad. We just need to know so that we can get you where you need to be. And some of them are good about saying it out loud. Like, cause they're, they're, they're that kid that likes to speak up and be like, I haven't run since October. Right. And there's other ones that are just like, um, I'm sorry, coach. Um, my first time running in the last three months was Sunday, but I did run on Sunday. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. they, they knew the meeting was coming. So they wanted to get in at least a run before the meeting happened yes. so they could say that. Yeah. But it's like, okay, well you took two months and you ran three miles mm -hmm. on Sunday. Like, okay. But at least we know where you're at. Right. It gives you, it gives you a starting point, but it's. It's so funny to, to watch these kids try and be like, you know, some of them posture, some of them try and hide it. Yeah. Is why we write, have them write it down because mm -hmm. I don't need you to say it out loud. Like it, maybe you're not the, the proudest of where you're at. Put it down on a piece of paper and hand it to the coaches right. so that we can figure out where you're going from here. Mm -hmm. Like, and I think it's important for us to realize that 
you might not have the same fitness level as you did three months ago or three years ago or three babies ago. But, you know, I mean, you're not the same person as you now as you are then. And I think that I do see this a lot with runners is like, you know, they're pregnant, they have a baby, they, they get out of running for six months, nine months, a year. And then when they jump back in, they want to jump right back into where they were before. And they're like, oh, it's so hard having a newborn and I'm not getting any sleep and I'm not doing this and I'm not doing that. And so this 10 mile run really felt hard. Like, well, yeah, of course it did. Of course it did. You know, like you're not the same person. You're, you don't have the same level of fitness. You don't have the same life anymore. Like you have a child now, you know, or you have a new job now, or you have insert life change here now, you know, I mean, it's different. And so you have to figure it out. Okay. Like this is where I am right now. Now, how do I move, move ahead? Like that's it. Yeah, beyond the like the time off from a pregnancy and all the physical changes that happen, now suddenly you try and get back into it mm-hmm. six, nine months removed. Yeah. You pretend like you're in the same shape you were when you stopped running and you you have added all these extra additional stresses of lack of sleep and, you know, caring for another human being and making sure that they make it through the day. Mm-hmm. Like just that stress to go right. from one job to the next, even if there was no change in your fitness, mm-hmm. you're still running the same number of days a week. Like everything is very normal, but you go from one job to the next job, that flip, that change in stress in your life puts you in a completely different place. Right. So you have to accept that so that you know where you're going at, at this point. Mm-hmm. And, and how, how hard you can push because you have so many extra outside stresses on you. Mm -hmm. Or maybe you have less outside stresses on you than you had before. Like maybe if you're a little bit older, maybe your, your kids are now getting older and they're starting to graduate and they're starting to go off to college and you have more time than you had before. And Maybe you're feeling guilty because the last five years of your life or last 10 years of, of your life, you quote unquote, let yourself go. Like you were focused more on your kids. You had less time for yourself. And now you're finding that you have all of this time for yourself. So maybe there's less stress on you than you were before, but maybe it's more emotionally stressful. Mm-hmm. You know, dealing with that life change is still a very big emotional stressor to figure out, okay, like I just dedicated my life to my kids. Now what? Yeah, you know? that's a good one. Right? You know, so you've got all these different things that have that have caused massive changes in your life. They're not excuses for where you are. Mm-hmm. They're not things that you can point to and blame. They're probably something that you can gain some lessons from. Mm-hmm. And then you have to accept that they have happened and that they have put you where you currently are. Right. So wherever you're heading, you still have to go back to that point where accept where you currently are. Because mm-hmm. Until you have completely forgiven yourself of whatever happened to to get you to to your current training level, um, until you've gone through that, and it took me a little while on my on my current cycle because following the race back in January, I didn't I didn't run very much in February. I was going out and running, but I really dropped off a bunch in mileage. So I'm trying to hit some workouts now. And I'm like, nope, I'm not in the the shape to do that one. And I didn't do it that long ago. I did it like last December. And I'm like, nope, I just, I can't hit that right now. Mm-hmm. I'm going to, I just can't hit it right now. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to build up mileage. And I always go back and compare myself to where I was back in, in college. Because in my head, college was like five years ago, even though it definitely <laughs> was not five years ago based <laughs> off of the like reunion emails that I keep being sent. Yeah, right. 
But in my head, I'm like, that wasn't that long ago. I should be able to still do these workouts. And it's, it's these beliefs that I've brought with me. You know, I used to hit workouts where on a workout day, I was running five or six miles worth of workout. And now I tend to do three to four miles worth of workout on that day. And I have to accept that that's where I'm at. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that, you know, all of this is good, like forgiveness, acceptance. Yes, yes. But I think that it's important to understand that we need to do this on a daily basis. We need to do this on a weekly and a monthly basis. Like even when we understand that. So even when our training is going really well, there are still times that we can do really stupid things. (laughs) Yes. You know, like, I mean, this was my, like my situation, like a month ago I was doing, it was like a lifting day. It was a strength day. And I like, was looking up. I was like, oh, I'm kind of bored. I'm going to look up something new. And I, I found this workout that I was going to try. And it was not a smart idea for me to do <laughs> that workout because it was like, I mean, five moves that I have like never done before. And so I like just grabbed my heavy weights and I like, you know, got, got right into it and I hurt my back. Like, and I was so mad at myself. Like, and like as soon as it like I was doing in the middle of the, the one move and I just felt my back pop and I was like, oh shoot, that was stupid. That was really, really dumb. Why did I just do that? And my first reaction was beating myself up. Yeah. Like, why did I just do that? Like, oh, like I'm so upset with myself right now. And I had like a race coming up and there was like other things and I was like, why did I do that? So I think that it's important for us to realize that things like this can happen on a daily basis and you know thank goodness that wasn't a you know derailing type of injury I was still able to run the couple of races that I still had left on my schedule but I still I I still feel the effects of that and it was about a month ago Um, and I still do feel the effects it is getting better slowly but I was kind of like man yeah, but I mean, you know? part of that came from you wanted to try something new and different that you hadn't done before. Try right. and push yourself. And look, I'm all about pushing. I, yeah. I love trying to see what the limits are and see how far we can go. Yeah. But you also have to know how far you're able to push. Mm-hmm. You have to accept where you're currently at and then be able to push a little bit. Right. Not, oh, well, I'm here, but I bet I could push myself all the way to here. Mm-hmm complete acceptance of where you are allows your your push to be just a step or right. a, a two steps ahead but right. not 12 steps ahead because then your back pops well and that <laughs> and that takes us back to the appropriate timeline that you were talking about you know yes. because we all have physical limits and we can only push them so fast a rate otherwise you break and so my you know in in that specific example that I just gave, like I probably shouldn't have done five new moves with heavy weight. Like, you know, maybe do add one new move in or add two new moves in or do it with no weight or a lightweight at first before, you know, just to get my body used to doing that movement before I jump all in and like try to prove to myself how strong I am. I know, but it just sounds so boring. It's what happened when I was trying to do speed work the other day. I I was trying to get in quarters and I'm like, all right, this is my workout plan. And I started going it and it was like, it was a lot of quarters yeah. and it dropped from like 10 K to 5 K to 3 K to one mile pace. And Ooh. so by the end of it, I was like, I was really moving and I haven't done any work besides like pace. strides at that pace. Yeah. And I was already three miles of speed work in when I'm trying to hit this thing. And as I was into the, like my third set, 
I'm, I knew how tired I was. And I'm like, there's, there's no way I can hit the fourth set. Like I could have, I could have mentally taken myself to the place where I could hit the fourth set, but it would have completely derailed my training. So I changed it. I, I, instead of just going right into the next set, I jogged back to school and I modified it. I cut it in half instead of quarters. I did two hundreds. I did them on the track and I put extra recovery in between them. So I had a goal. I knew I could have physically, if I wanted to maybe got it, but I I would have been hobbling for days. So, I mean, how, how do we know that though? Like how, how do you know whether or not you should just gut through it you could say, you know, you even just said, like, mentally, you, you could have put yourself in a place and just gutted through it. Because like, I how mean, do you know when to do that or when to pull back? Well, I knew earlier in that workout that I was, I was already digging okay. on the third set. Mm-hmm. And I could have tried to dig deeper on the fourth set, right. but I was already digging fairly deep. It's it's a matter of getting used to what that pain is and, and what that, that discomfort was and and, and accepting where I was at. And, and as I was going logically looking at it and saying, hey, I haven't run this fast in a long time. Mm-hmm. So I'm either going to really need to increase the recovery between each rep. And I was running on my lunch break, so I didn't have time for that. Or I'm going to need to decrease the distance or just scrap the last set. I'm going to need to modify this thing. And then I had to modify given the, the time constraints that I was working with. Mm-hmm. But I I knew how hard, how deep I was digging with another full set that was supposed to be faster that I hadn't even touched yet. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I I was pushing harder than I had before on set three. And that's how I knew that I couldn't push even harder on set four mm-hmm. if I wanted to come out of it still feeling good. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean, that's, that's one of the beautiful benefits of you having so many years of running behind you and so much experience with not only running, but also coaching yourself and coaching other people to be able to modify on the fly like that. I know, but it's still so hard to accept that you need the modification because I was running up and down the side of the road and that was, I mean, let's, let's go full disclosure on this. That was the day I accidentally packed your shorts instead of mine. So... (laughs) So I'm running up and down the side of the road in a pair of girls running shorts. So this is not the time to, to like cut the workout and be like, oh, I'm totally just going to scrap the last set. I was trying to feel as manly as possible. And then I needed to like emotionally accept that I was cutting the fourth set. It was, it was not an easy day for me, but it's what needed to happen. <laughs> I love you. I just, I just, I love that you just, you know, okay, like full disclosure here. I'm just going to go out and run in some women's shorts. Like, I mean, hey, you do what what you got to do for the job to get done, right? That was the shorts that I had packed that day. And there was, you guys really need to follow us on Instagram (laughs) so that you can see because Kevin did post this on Instagram the day that it happened. He posted it on his stories and he like texted me and was like, you got to check out my, my Instagram post today. So if you don't already, please come follow us on Instagram. We would love to say hi to you and get to know you a little bit better over there on the IG. So I am AngieBrown.RLR and you are KevinBrown.RLR. And then we have a page um, for the podcast, which is just at Real Life Runners, which I am getting better about posting nowadays. Um, I, I was kind of ignoring it for a little while, but I'd love it if you followed all three. That would be super awesome. And uh, if you're on Instagram, please use the hashtag Re- Real Life Runners Tribe. Real Life Runners Tribe. Yeah, that's the hashtag. That's the one I always type. So when I 
because like what I, what one thing that I've started to do is I search that hashtag so it allows us to find you if you put that hashtag in your post. And one thing that I started doing last week, which I absolutely love, is sharing your stories to our Instagram stories. Like, so if if I see a post that you do that you put that hashtag real life runners tribe, I will share that to the real life runners Instagram story so that we can get your inspiration out to all the other people that are real life runners just like you. That's fantastic. Yeah. I know. I, it was really exciting when you started doing that. You're like, hey, look at what I've figured out how to do or yeah. look at what I've decided to do. And I'm like, that's fantastic. I know. It was really cool. So shout out to the runners that we were able to feature this week. Thank you for tagging us. And we hope to see a lot more of the posts. Um, you can use the hashtag real life runners, but it's other people also use that hashtag. So I'm not quite sure if they're really part of the real life runners tribe. So if you add that word tribe on there, then we'll know that you are one of our podcast listeners and we'll be able to share your stuff with our, um, Instagram family. Yes. Yes. And, and follow our own hijinks on Instagram as well. (laughs) Yes. You'll be able to see Kevin wearing girl shorts on, on Instagram. No, no. I am going to make sure that I wear the appropriate (laughs) shorts moving forward. Uh, so if, if you're off running, we'll put the, the links to those in the show notes as well so that you can follow us on Instagram and um, send us a DM when you're over there too. We'd love to say hi and, and kind of hear more about you and be able to follow you as well. So um, I think that's pretty much what we've got for today. We kind of went off on a little tangent when you started talking about girl shorts. but <laughs> Just a small tangent. <laughs> <laughs> At least it wasn't like my compression shorts. I then. I mean, you wouldn't have mixed those up, though. Uh, there, there might, no, I, I, it was your pair of like gray shorts with a green stripe down the side that looks just <laughs> like my pair of gray shorts with a green stripe down the side. It's just that the inseam is not quite as long. <laughs> All right, so All right, we should, so anyway. should we do a little recap here? Yeah, let's do a recap. So basically... If, if you want to improve your running, it, improvement starts with acceptance. Accept where you are today. Figure out where your starting point is right now, your new starting point. Forgive yourself for any missteps or backsteps or sidesteps along the way. And then figure out a plan to move forward. That's, that's really it. I mean fully and completely accept where you are because if you don't accept where you are and forgive whatever happened that got you there, maybe last year, maybe back in January, you were like, nope, this is the year that my running is going to take a different journey and it hasn't. You can't be upset about that. Mm -hmm. Maybe this is the back half of the year that your running journey is going to take a completely different direction. You know, whatever it is, now's the time. It didn't have to start then. Maybe it did. Maybe you're going to take another step forward from that. Maybe it did follow a good path. Maybe it didn't. But today can be the day you start. Mm -hmm. And take measurements too. Like measure where you are today. Write it down so that you can see how far you're able to go. And like when you look back, you'll be able to see all the improvements. Because I think that sometimes we can forget sometimes how far we've come. We can forget where we were when we started or you know, what we used to look like or what we were capable of. Like, and so that's why like picking those progress markers, like the time trial, the number of repetitions that you're able to do, 
taking an accurate assessment of where you are today on those things is really going to help six months from now, a year from now, two years, five years from now to allow you to see how far you've come. Right. Because between now and 10 years from now, you're probably going to have some missteps. You're probably going to have a little bit of derailing. But if you could look back and be like, wow, this is where I was at 10 years ago, mm-hmm. it's probably forward from that. Yeah, exactly. And then, you know, the, that little misstep that you have might not seem like that big of a deal when you can compare it to how far ahead you still are compared to where you were. Yeah. I mean, the, I, I, I really wish that I had more uh, more journals for my running back when I was in high school, back mm-hmm. when I was really getting into it, and I could compare back to my like 15, 16 year old self and see mm-hmm. see what that process is. Yeah. Not so that I can say that I'm better, not so that I can judge what I was doing then, but just just out of curiosity of let's see let's see what this what happened. Like, mm-hmm. what does this journey actually look like? Yeah. All right, so that's pretty much what we've got for you guys today. Again. You know, go over to our show notes on the website, realliferunnerspodcast.com forward slash episode 90. And there you can find links to our Instagram, our Facebook, our Facebook tribe. If you want to join an awesome community of runners and you need a support system, we've got one of those for you too. And like we said last week, keep your eye out because we've got big plans for the months ahead. So we are going to be revamping our entire coaching program and creating a new membership program to teach you how to be a better runner. And we are so, so excited about that. And so that will be launching this summer. So keep your eye out. And if you have not yet joined our email list, you can sign up for that on our website as well so that you'll be one of the first to know when we launch it. So as always, thank you guys so much for spending this time with us and we will talk to you next week. 